Gemara Rosh Hashanah, Daf Lamed Aleph. So we begin today's Daf on Lamed Aleph, Amud Rishon. Masek has been dedicated to the Fuat Shilema Shimon Ben Simcha. En Narefanalo, Betok Shar Chole Yisrael. Amen. Today's Daf will study the Fuat Shilema Hayasara Bat Simcha. En Narefanala Betok Shar Chole Amo Yisrael. So we begin on Lamed Aleph, and we are at the Tanya. It's first line, actually. Tanya. We know that every day of the week is a special shir. We call that the shir shir yom. <clears throat> That's the shir that they also sang in the Beit HaMikdash. So now we're going to go through the different chapters that they used to read. Barishon, which means on the first day of the week, sing. So they sang chapter 24, God is the entire world and all its uh, and all its inhabitants. Al Shem She Kana Vehikna Vehu Shalit Beolamo. Because obviously on the first day of Sheshimim Asibereshit, Hagadosh Baruchu acquired or created the Shamaim Ba'aris, or the Hashem Ha'aris Umloa, in the creation of the world. And uh, he also. Uh, was Makneh, he uh, acquired it for the inhabitants. And on that day, he was the only one in the world. Even the angels weren't created. So the Hashem Ares, God was alone. Even the Malachim were not around. Veshalid, Ve'olamot, he was the only one and the only sovereign ruler of the world. If you look at Nashi, the Hashem Ares, we don't just say the first pasuk that she says, you say the whole Mizmor. Shekana Shemaim Ve'ares, means he created it, he owned it. And he acquired the world to the, or gifted it, let's say, to the, uh, to the inhabitants. He, he created it in order to give it over to the uh, people. The angels were created until Monday. Chapter 48, Kadol Hashem Umhulal Me'od, which really is talking about the beauty of Jerusalem and the Beit HaMikdash. Al Shem, because on, sun, on Monday, on the second day, what did he do? Chilek Ma'asav. When Elam created the uh, Rakia, the firmament, the heaven, and he separated between uh, the upper uh, waters and the lower waters. Umalak Alehem, and he ruled over them. Venet Allah and God chose his dwelling place in the heaven, similar to like Yerushalayim, where God chose his Shekhinah resting place in Jerusalem. So on, on, on the second day of creation, that's where God chooses his abode, meaning in the heavens. Look at Nashi. Nashi says, He made a separation. And he went up and he sat in the heaven. Similar to what he would do eventually when he would build the Beit HaMikdash, he would put a Shekhinah in that place. So that is the Yom Shini. Bashilishi, Hayu Omrim, chapter 82. Elohim Nisab Ba'adat El. Al Shem Shigila Eres Bechokmato. On uh, the third day of creation, Bore Olam gathered the waters that were on the earth 
into one place. They became oceans, lakes, rivers. And the uh, earth became revealed, like it says in the parasha, hayabasha. And as a result, and as a result, uh, now uh, we're able to, uh, to, 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 to trod the earth. So therefore, uh, the Pasuk is saying that Borelam prepared the earth for us. If you see that she says, Shigila Aretz, Makom Matzab Adato. So Elohim Nitzab, Borelam prepared the, the place where we could stand. So therefore, uh, we allude to that in the Nisab Ba'adat El. That Bode Olam created a standing place for the Ida. Which Ida? Adat El. Assuming that everything was created for the purpose of Yisrael. Barbi'i, the fourth day, Hayu Omrim, El Nekamot Hashem. Al Shem, Shebara Hama. On that day, Boreon created the sun and the moon. And God ultimately is going to take revenge, the Kamot, for those that serve the sun and the moon. So therefore, it's the day of Nekama. Bahamishi, which we call Thursday, fifth day. Hayu Omrim, they said chapter 81. Incidentally, El Nekamot is 94. And now we get to Hamishi, which is, as we said, 81. Like we learned on yesterday's daf. On that day, Borealam created the birds and the fish. The Shabayach Lishmo. And interestingly enough, uh, they, uh, when we see uh, all the beautiful species that Hashem created, it causes us to praise so, praise God. What causes us to praise God? When you see all the unbelievable species that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created, it arouses us to praise. When you go see the different birds, it might be a proof that it's an advice to go to the zoo, to look at the animals in order to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu. On uh, Friday, sixth day, Hashem Malach Ki'ut Lavesh. God is the king who is proud. Al Shem Shigamar Belachto. But Allah finished the creation. Whenever a person finishes something, he's proud of his work. So on Friday, Bore Olam was proud. Job well done. Umalach Alehen. And obviously, Bore Olam is the king over all his uh, creation. Bashivi'i, which is Shabbat. Hayu Omrim. Mizmor Shir Leyom Shabbat. What is this referring to? Leyom Shikulo Shabbat, which is referring to the day that's going to be the perpetual Shabbat, La'atid Labo, which means uh, the world is going to be destroyed at the end of time. So there's not going to be really any, any work over there. That's called Yom Shikulo Shabbat. Uh, the world, like we say, will last for 6,000 years. Uh, that's the connect the six days of creation. And then there's going to be another thousand years uh, that the world is going to be uh, destroyed, which means not going to be anything, and that's going to be a dogma of uh, Shabbat. Shabbat, which means uh, the world will come to an end. Rashi says, Shabbat, 
שעתיד העולם להיות חרב, ואין אדם, אוקיי, לא בלי זה, וכל המלאכות שופטות על אותו יום, אומרים שיר של שבת. זאת אומרת, סיימן זמן של שבת, כנגד די weekday שבת, וכנגד די יום שכולו שבת, the end of time in the world is going to have a different, uh, <coughs> a different image. אמר רבי נחמיה, מה ראו חכמים לחלק בין הפרקים הללו? Which means, uh, this was said by the Yudan, the name of Rabbi Akiva. Which means, the first six days, the sheet has to do with the day. The seventh day has got to do with Shabbat. You're moving to a uh, post-world. So Rabbi Nehanaz asked you, why are you separating the six days from the seventh day? They all should have a relationship to the, to the day itself. Right? All the six chapters that we chose are discussing past events when Hashem created the world. But the Mizmon of Shabbat is a futuristic event. So he says, I have a different way. Now most of them are going to be the same, if not all of them, except Shabbat. So we repeat. I go quickly. Barishon, Shekana, Vekna, Vishalit, Bo'olamo. It's the same. Basheni, Shechilek, Ma'asav, Umalak, Alehem. Bashelishi, Shigidla, Eres, Behochmato. Vechin, Tebel, La'adato. Same. Barbi'i, Shebara, Hamma, Ulbana, Ba'ati, Lipara, Me'ovdehen. Bahamishi, Shebara, Ofot, Medahim, Leshabayah, Lishmo. Bashishi, שגמר מלאכתו ומלאך עליהם. And here's the difference now. בשביעי על שם של שבת. Very simple. Because on Shabbat, בוני עולם, ceased to do work. מזמור שיר ליום השבת. And that's the shit they say in the Bet HaMikdash. On Shabbat, referring to the Shabbat itself. Meaning the day of creation, the seventh day, when בוני עולם stopped doing the construction of the world. Now these opinions, which is Rabbi Akiba, Rabbi Nehemia, is arguing on Rav Katina, Dama Rav Katina, that what? The world will exist for 6,000 years, and then for 1,000 years, uh, it will be destroyed. Shene Imad, ונשגב השם לבדו ביום ההוא, ביום on that day. And we know that God's day is a thousand years. אביה אמר, no, תראה חרוב. אביה says actually the world is going to be destroyed for two thousand years. שנאמר, as it says in הושיה, יחיינו מיומיים. That Bore Olam will bring us life after two days. So it's going to be uh, after the uh, sixth millennium we'll have the the seventh millennium and the eighth millennium, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be rejuvenate the world. So that's the Mahlokot over here between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Nehemia. Rabbi Akiva that says that what? That the world is going to be destroyed for 1,000 years. So therefore he says that on Shabbat, we say Mizmor Shileyom HaShabbat because it's 1,000 years is a Yom. Masha'enka and the other rabbi that argued <coughs> Who was that, Rabbi? That was uh, 
Rabbi Nehemia. Why did he not learn it like Rabbi Akiva? Because he learns that the world is going to be destroyed for 2,000 years. So you can't say Mizmur Shilde Yom HaShabbat is referring to the future. It's not Yom. It's Yomayim. So therefore he learned Mizmur Shilde Shabbat referring to the Shabbat itself. Very good. Rashi, Bekame Palge Bedrav Katina. Rabbi Nehemia let led Rav Katina. Rabbi Nehemia, which does not hold of Rav Katina, that's a thousand years. And the he holds a Gabaye. That holds what? That it's two thousand. Hilkach lekalememar, Hashem Yom Echad, Shekolo Shabbat. That's what they need to do. You cannot say Yom Shabbat, yes, because it's today. Now we move on to the Shir that they sang during the Musaf of Shabbat. Because you have to remember the Botai, they also brought Korban Musaf. And whenever they bring a Korban, they have to sing. So, What did they say on Musaf of Shabbat? Okay, what is Aziv Lach? Well, we know that already. That's Parashat Ha'azinu, which means Parashat uh, Ha'azinu, even till today, when we send up the Olim, when we read the Parashat Shabbat, we break it up in the order of the acronym called Haziv Lach. Let's go one at a time. The He refers to what? Hazinu. And then the Zayin, we start the next Aliyah Zechor Yemot Olam. And then the Vav, or the Yud, I should say, is Yarki Behu, Albamote Aris. And the Vav is Vayar Hashem Vayin Atz. The Lamed Lulech Ka'as Oyev. And the Chav, Kiyadin Hashem Ammo. So that's the way we normally split up Perashat Azinu, following the acronym of Aziv Lach. Uh, so therefore, they wouldn't say it in one shot, but they would actually break it up into six different uh, uh, parts, uh, like we said over here. Very good. We have Rashi over here, says, B'musfed de Shabbat, May Shiram, Aziv Lach. Which means each one of those had six pesukim. Then you have eight Now, very appropriate that we would read Ha'azinu on Shabbat according to the Sremes, because you know Shabbat, we get a Neshama Yetera, and that brings a glow to the person. Haziv Lach, the glow is to you. The shine and the splendor is to you. So the Sremes in that reading to why we would do it on Shabbat. Ve'amar Rav Hanam, Ba'arabah, Amarav, Kederek Shachalukim, Kan, Kachalukim Bebeta Keneset. So there you go. As we, we get Amin Hag, as brought down in Shohan Aruch, that what? That just like we divide it up in the Beit HaMikdash, uh, like that, no six different chapters, so too when we read the Torah on Shabbat, that's the way you're supposed to split it up. Which means, the way the Megen Abrahams learns, no extra aliyot in Ha'azinu. You can't break it up and add aliyot in between. You have to read it according to that stoppage, Haziv Lach, as Okay, 
Now we get to Mincha of Shabbat. Ma ayu omrim. Again, Mincha of Shabbat, they brought Korban Tabit Shabbat Arbaim. Rabotai, don't forget the rule. Every time they're bringing the Korban, they got to sing. So we know in the morning they sang, Mizmon Shabbat Shabbat. In the afternoon already, you told me, Haziv Lach. And now in the Musaf, Haziv Lach. And Mincha, the question is, what did they sing? Amar Abu Hanan, unbelievable. As Yashir. They sang Shirat Ayam from the beginning until Mikamocha, and then Mikamocha until the end of uh, Shirat Hayam. The Az Yashir, and they would also sing the Shira of Miriam, the Be'er. So two different songs, Az Yashir meaning Shirat Ayam, and Az Yashir, the Shira of Miriam on the Be'er. So the Gemara comes along and says, Here is the question. These uh, songs that they sang during Menha and during Musaf, which means that they say the whole Ha'azinu on one Shabbat and they just divided it into six parts and in Menha they sang the whole Shiratayam and just they divided it like we said, or Dilma, Kol Shabbeta Veshabbeta Amri Had. Or maybe no, that each Shabbat they said one perik, which means the first perik of Shabbat they said Ha'azinu. And then the next one they said the next, you know, Hazib, the designs, according to Olam. Did they divide it like that? And the same thing in Minha. Maybe they said the first week up to Michamocha in uh, Shiratayam. And then the next week they finished it up. And then, you know, the Be'er. So the question is really, how did they do it? Did they do? There's no question in Shari. In Shari, they read the Homes of Moshe Shabbat. Question is in Minha time. Did they read it in uh, in its entirety, or did they split it up? Mm-hmm. The Gemara has a clear proof for this. Tashema the Tanya. Amar Biyose Ad Shona Omeret Ahat, which means by the time they were able to uh, read. Uh, one round of the Musaf song, mm-hmm. that already in the Menha, they already have read it twice. Which means what? If you remember what we said, in the Shaharit, there were, in, in Musaf, there were six Pirakim. Mm-hmm. And in Menha, there was three Pirakim. So it says that by the time you were able to get through one round of <clears throat> the six pirakim of Haziv Lach, you read the Menha uh, 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 song twice. So it means you were reading one a week. Therefore, it took six weeks to read Haziv Lach. And in those six weeks, you actually did two cycles of Az Yashir, which was divided into two plus the Shira of Miriam. Shema Mina, kol Shabbeta Shabbeta Amri Had. That each Shabbat, they did one section, Shema Mina, the proof is there. Rashi says, Shiratayam, Kulu Bahachabeta Mila. Right. Now, what would it mean then if, just as she's saying over here, on the side that we say that they sang it all in one Shabbat, so what is the six halakim then? If they sang the whole song, what are you dividing into six? So that she explains on the bottom right column. Meaning they would like have different choirs. They would sing one perik, they would stop, 
they would sing the next pedic. Lefsik, ma'alafot kadishin, different instruments they would take. That's all it means, but they would do the whole thing. Next paragraph, there's two paragraphs of the Rashi over here. Odilma, kod perek, u perek, le Shabbat echad. Perek, I don't know, maybe each Shabbat they did it, each perek. So it says, Ad sheni shona, shirat ha-musafim, chuzir ha-chadil pa'am achad, sheniya, shirat ha-mencha, shetamid ha-arbaim, chuzir ha-chitayim. The hatam sheet perek, in the morning there were six perekim, ve'akat lata, and in the afternoon there was three. So it took one round of six, and you got two rounds of three. Azinu b'Shabbat achad, zechor b'Shabbat sheniya, v'chen kulam. As we learned. Okay, now we move on the Bhutan. Amar of Yehuda Barigi, Amar of Yohanan, Eser Masaot Nas'ah Shekhinah. Rabotai, when the Beit HaVadash was destroyed, the Shekhinah did not leave in a sudden uh, exit. It left slowly. I guess in order to give us a chance to make the Shuvah, and then it will come back. Uh, the Shekhinah does not want to leave. So the Gemara tells us, uh, that it took 10 different stages. And we know that from Mikira'eh, from Pesukin that we'll see in a moment. And similarly, when the Shekhinah left at the times of the Beit HaMikdash, by Rishon, Galta Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin also, in Hasbayat uh, Shini, also moved 10 locations until it finally was disbanded. And how do we know that? The Gemara, that's just a Masoret. So the Sanhedrin went into 10 different spots. And the Gemara will learn it now uh, from the Pesukim. Eser Masaot Nas'ah Shekhinah. We know that the Shekhinah traveled 10 different locations before it finally left. And here it is. Mekaporet. Kaporet is the covering of the Aron in the Kodesh Kodashim. That was the original spot where the Shekhinah rested. It went from the Kaporet to the Krub. The Krub is the Kirubim that were on the side of the Aron. Now, this is not referring to the Kirubim that were on the Kaporet itself. Shadon Melech, we learned, added Kirubim in the uh, Beta Mikdash, and therefore it jumped from the Kaporet to the uh, Kirubim, not the Kirubim, not the cherubs that were on top of the Aron. The added Kirubim of Shadon Melech. Um Kirub le Miftan. From the Kirub, it went to the Miftan. Uh, could be. That is the uh, threshold of the ulam. Miftan lahaser. That's the azara it went to, uh, which means to the azara between the ulam and the mizbeach. Umehaser lemizbeach. Then it went to the mizbeach haitzon. Umemizbeach legad. Then it went out of the building to the roof. Umegad lahomad. Then it went to the uh, top of the wall of the azara. Umehomad laair. Then it went just to the city of Jerusalem, Lahar, and then it went to Harazetim, Midbar, then it went to the Midbar, Midbar, Alta And from there, went back upstairs to the Emar, Elech, Ashuva El Mekomi. Okay, so that's the uh, that's the ten different locations of the Shekhinah. Now she says. Me'at, me'at. It was a incremental leaving. Keshehatu. When the people uh, sinned. Fine. And then she does tell us again that these kirubim that we're talking about are the ones she'asas shilomo ha'omdim ba'aris. Not on the kaporet. Echad le'tzafon ha'aron ve'had ha'darom. They were north and south of the Aron. 
And now the Gemara is going to show you these ten locations from the Pesukim themselves. Let's read the Pesukim. Mekeru bekaporet lekeruv, umekeruv lemeftam. Dichtiv venoadti lecha sham vidibarti etecha me'ala kaporet. So you see that the Shechina was on the kaporet. Uchtiv vayirkav al keruv. All of a sudden, was on the keruv. Vayaof. Uchtiv uchpod elvayser naalam ala keruv. Asher ayalam el miftan abay. They went from the keruv to the miftan to the threshold of the ulam. This is referring to the Shekhinah. It says, I'd rather live on the roof than I'll finish the Pasuk for you. To live with a uh, argumentative wife, which is the Jewish people who are making sins. So God said, I'd rather live on the roof outside than to live inside. So you see what? Because the B'nai said, what's selling by Hechav? So therefore, it's a, it's a wife that's causing, uh, causing trouble. And then what? Migag la They went to God, went to the, uh, to the wall. That's the, uh, the wall. yikra. Better to sit in the midbar, God says, I'll finish the pasuk, with a wife that's fighting and causing anger, which is the Jewish people. And then what? go back to my original place. Okay, Rabotai. If you look at the sheet, Dibur Matil, the Shevet Alpinat Gag, Meeshim Midjanim Ubet Haber, Ala Shekina Amla Shilomo Hamelech Tov, Ashlom Hamelech. Tov la, the Shekina, the Stalek El Gag, Meshevet Im Eshim Midjanim, Kenes Israel. Why would they consider the Eshim Midjanim an argumentative wife? She Aimida Tselem, Baecha Ubet Haber, Baecha Shabrubo et Tasemel in my Shekina. They combined the presence of God with the presence of the Tzelem. So therefore, the image. So therefore, God said, nothing doing. Better to go live on the roof. Okay, Rabotai. And now we continue. Amar Rabbi Yohanan, Shisha chodashim Yisrael When the, one of the locations we said, it went from Har to Midbar. I mean, Har team to the Midbar. And uh, it took six months for that, uh, for that switch. It, it was in the in the Midbar, for six months. That's it, give them a chance. Maybe they'll make the Shuvah. Since they didn't make the Shuvah, it's a curse. They should, they're, uh, they should be destroyed. It's a curse meaning their souls should be snuffed out of them. That their only thing they can anticipate is a blowing away or blowing out of the soul.
the Gemara then says, Galta Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin also went into exile. That the Gemara says, the Gemara. That's Gemara, I mean, that's a tradition. We don't have Pesukim for this. Now, what was the uh, journey of the Sanhedrin? So it says, Milishka Tegazit. That's obviously their offices in the Azara. That's the main office of the Sanhedrin. The Hanut. Well, the Hanut literally means the store. That she says on the bottom, Hanuyot, Asulahem Bara Bai Vyashbusham, the Mashalodanu Dinine Fashot. Wow. They moved from the Shkata Gazit because they stopped judging capital punishment crimes. That she says there were so many murders, they didn't want us to kill all these people. So Nadine is very hesitant to kill. So if they're not sitting on the, the Shkata Gazit, they can't judge. So they moved on purpose. The Hazud in Efishi Rotschim, that she says. They found there was a lot of murderers, Kabinim and Sanedrin. The Chonana Galuyot the Sanedrin the Bayit Sheni Kamar. Obviously, we're talking about the second temple. Umasod the Shechina Bayit Rishon. Correct. The Shechina was the Bayit Rishon, and the um, uh, Sanedrin is Bayit Sheni. Umehanut from the stores because it looked like storefronts. Lirushalayim they moved it from uh, the Hanut to Lirushalayim, which is off the Temple Mount. Umirushalayim the Yavne, like we learned, they moved it to Yavne. Umeyavne leUsha. They went back to Yavde. They went back to Usha. Which means the Jewish people were at the lowest level by the time the Sanderin reached Tiberia. And Rashi says, When the head of the Sanadin leaves, so the Sanadin moves with him. So Yavne be made of Yohanan, Usha be made of Bangamliel, Vazum Usha the Yavne be made of Banchimon Beno. So they went back and forth as the Bedin. Uh, Abedin moved. And as she tells us, uh, they went to Bet Sharim, and then when, they, when the Abedin got sick, they went to Tzipori, etc. Tiberiah, Mukam, Mikulan, Shefidim, Ayu, Azmikula, Masaochik, that was the lowest one. Rabbi El Azar Omer, Shesh Galuyot, that the Senedin did not go to 10 different locations, but they exiled six places. Shene Amar, Ki Heshah. Yoshve Marom, Kiryan Niskaba, Yashpilena, Yashpilena Ad Eres, Yagiena Adafar. So I guess Heshach means they moved, Yashpilena is another language, they were lowered, Yashpilena it says twice, Ad Eres again, Yagiena Ad Afar. So six languages there, hinting that the Sanhedrin moved six times. Amar Buhanan, Umisham, meaning this is a famous Gemara Rabotai. The final exile, where is it going to end from? And the Galut is going to come. Is it going to come from Tiberia? Umisham, meaning from Tiberias. Atidim lehigael. Shene'emar, hitnari me'afar kumi shebi. Meaning me'afar from the lowest place. And we just said the lowest place they reached was what? When they got to Tiberia. And therefore the Geula is going to start and be aroused from Tiberia. So that's a... Good, uh, good, interesting information to know. Some say it's actually from the grave of the Bi'akiva. Okay.
Now we get to the next Mishnah. Matnitin. Amar Rabbi Yoshua ben Korha. Ve'od zot itkin Rabban Yohanan ben Zakai. So we're talking about the takanot of Rabban Yohanan ben Zakai. Yesterday we learned that he made a takana that we can accept witnesses even after Minha on Rosh Hashanah after the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed. We also learned that he made a takana according to the Torah law, at least according to some, that Yom Henef is Kulo Asur. That the day of the 16th of Nisan, the whole day is going to be Asur to eat from the Hadash. Those were from the uh, few takanot that we learned on yesterday's da'af that Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai established. Now the Mishnah says, he made some more. They all thought that he Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai filu rosh bedin. Bechol makom shelo yuwa'idim odchim ela lemkom avad. Which means that even if the head of the bedin uh, is not, not is not, not in his office. You don't the witnesses for for for, for do not have to get to the abedin. They just go to the trevaad where the court is sitting. Even though the abedin is not there, they will testify in front of the sanhedrin and they can make the roshchodesh even without the abedin there. That was the ban Yohanan's takana. Uh, let's say he had to go somewhere. She says it's not lefrosh mimakom abad mimakom ahead. Remember we learned, right? When God spoke to Moshe Aaron, they're the main uh, ones that the Kedush HaKadosh has to be done by, but he made a takana that they don't have to fight, they don't have to go after him. What? They can just go after the Sanhedrin and they will make the Kedush HaKadosh. Now, of course, if the Abedin was in a close place, they would call him to come back to the Bedin. But uh, we'll see exactly why would he have to make such a takana? What was he trying to fix over there? What was the, what was the problem? Gemara, ahi itita. What does that mean, ahi itita? Okay, there was a lady. Okay, there's always a lady. Das menua de dina kamed de amemor benardea. So, she was invited. Now, it's really not invited. Das menua means she was summoned. Served. Exactly, she was served by the bedding of amemor in nardea. Azal Amemor de Mechozah. But Amemor wasn't, uh, wasn't in the Betin that day. He happened to be in Mechozah. Velo Azra Batre. She didn't go to follow the Betin. We just learned you don't got to follow the Betin or the Ab Betin. You go to the court. He's not there. So what? Katar Petichar Ella Ve Amemor wrote a letter of excommunication against her. You're being Mebazed the Betin. You're in contempt of court. Now, she didn't go to a secular court, Rabotai. She went to a Jewish court, but she didn't go to the Abedin. He said, you're in Mechuzah, I got summoned to the Hardeah. So therefore, you're not there, I'm going to the Hardeah. So the tells Amemor, but Rabbi, why are you excommunicating her? We just learned. That the witnesses, that they don't have to follow with the Abedin. They go to the where the court sits. And the court sits in the Abedin. So why are you excommunicating? He says, Amale, you made a mistake. That's only specifically when it comes to the testifying of the new moon. For Hodesh. Which means, if you're going to make them go try to find where the Abedin is, they're not going to come next time. So you have to make a fixed place. You always come to this court over here. You don't got to go on a witch hunt now to go find 
we don't want them to be dissuaded not to come the next time. So then we made it feel, however, in a regular case of monetary, we know the rule. This case obviously was a lover malve case, where there was a borrower and a lender. And we know that the borrower becomes the slave of the lender. What does it mean he becomes the slave of the lender? He has to follow the bedin that he wants. And therefore, yeah, you have to go to the bedin. If he wants you to go to the bedin of Amemor, go find Amemor. And therefore, she lays it out and she went to Srivat. Says, no, you're in contempt of court. You must go after the lender. Evid le'ish malver. Sounds like only in a lender borrowing case, but maybe in a regular court case, not. We continue. Another takana. En kohanim. Rashain la'alot besandelein la dukhan. Oh, this is it. Here it comes. Here, here it comes from. Kohanim take them off their shoes when they go up to the dukhan to make merkat kohanim. So Rabbi Hanan made a takana that the kohanim should take off their sandals. Uh, now, what's the reason for this? So, some would argue that the reason was not kavod, have dirty shoes. But ultimately, that was not the reason. The reason they said was, is because we're worried that a Kohen who goes up with his sandals on, as he's making Birkat Kohen, might notice that his shoelace is untied, and he might bend over during the middle of Birkat Kohen to tie his shoe, and now it's going to cast aspersions on him, because the people are going to say, the reason why he's not making Birkat Kohen, because he's really not a Kohen. Meanwhile, he's tying his shoe. And they say, ah, oh, look at him, he's, he's not putting his hands up. Because he's tying his shoe. So therefore they don't want to get that issue that caused Kwanim to have uh, uh, claims on them. So they said, you know what? It's an amazing reason. No shoes. They shouldn't even be looking anyway. <laughs> you, you can't make that takana. That's too difficult. That's she. Okay. Now Yes. Rabbi, if there are no laces on the shoes, then according to that reason, it's okay? Well, that would be very good. Because if there's no laces, they can't obviously tie their shoes. So that would be the nafkamina between the two reasons. Very good. And there's a big discussion. If it's only talking about Okay, Shohan Aruch again, the Botai discusses this in Siman Kuf Chafhet Ayen Shama. Kabras Sota says regarding your question, David, Lo Pelug, and therefore they are not allowed to go up even with loafers. But I also says they didn't go up barefoot because that wouldn't look respectful. So basically they go up in socks like you see today. Rabotai, vizu ahat metesha takanot shitkin laban yohanan ben zakai. It's one of nine takanot. Uh, now we're going to have to do make a list. Shit dehaiperka. We have six takanot. They are already we learned in our pedic. Let's see if we can remember the six. Number one was, he was the one that said, we blow the shofar and Rosh Hashanah, that we learned earlier on, the, on page 29. That wherever there's a bedin, the B'yohanam is mitaken, 
shofar is blown on Shabbat Rosh Hashanah. Number two, lulav is taken seven days after the Beit HaMikdash is destroyed in the Medina. Number three, Yom Henef Kolo Asur, 16th of Nisan. We cannot eat the Hadash for the whole entire day. Number four, we accept witnesses the whole day, even after Minha, for Rosh Hashanah. Number five, they don't have to go, the witnesses, to the Bet, to the Abbetin. They can just go to the Va'ad where the court normally sits. Number six, Kohanim should not go up with their sandals on. So that's the six that we know already. And now we have another three. So we have to find out what these other three are. Hadad Pirka Kama. One of them actually mentioned in Perek Nishon on page 21. That after Khurban Abayit, we learned that we don't allow the witnesses to be Mehalel Shabbat to go testify only for two months. And what are those two months? Tishri and Nisan. Because those are the holidays. That was Rabbi Yohanan's second. So that's seven. So we need two more. The Idach, the Tanya. Beautiful halacha. Ger shinit kayer bizman azeh. You have a convert that wants to come and convert bizman azeh. There's no better mikdash, obviously. Sarik shiyafrish roba lekino. He has to separate a quarter of a shekel, which is half a dinar, in order to put it aside so when the Mashiach comes, he will buy two birds in order to bring it as a korban. Again, the botai. When a person converted in the olden days, besides Brit Mila, besides Mikveh, he needs to bring pigeons, korban. So what are you going to do today? Today he has to separate them in order to have them ready when he, when the Beit HaKadosh will be built. Amar Bishimum in Al-Azhar. Bishimum in Al-Azhar said, no. Kibar nimna alea Rabban Yohanan. Rabban Yohanan made a takana. Ubitla. He said, you don't have to separate the money. Why did the Bihan and have to separate the money? Because they were worried that what? Well, you might come to use the money for personal things. We don't want that this money lying around in the gear's drawer. The Idah, what is the okay, so well, let's stop right here. Question I saw brought down in the Sepharim, why specifically did they make a takana that a gear has to separate his Maybe everybody to make a sin. Everybody's Mahalul Shabbat Mishogeg, they should make a takana, you gotta take a hundred bucks and put it in your drawer to bring a Qurban Khatat. They didn't. Why did they make this technology? Only the ger has to separate. So I saw a beautiful uh, uh, distinction. When it comes to a ger, that's part of the process. To become a ger, you need to bring the korbanot. Bring the korban hatat is not part of any process. It's a kapara. So therefore, there's no deen that you'd have to separate it to be, to be anything or to do anything. Okay, you'll get your kapara when Mashiach comes. But here, they want you to do something so you, the geru will be hal. So that's why he said, you can't bring the Qur'an, at least separate the, uh, separate the money. Mm-hmm. And then Yohanan said, no, don't separate the money, because although we understand why you would want to do it, but it can bring the takala. So that's number eight. If you look at Rashi, by the way, the big Rashi here, Sadiq uh, Shifarish Roba Lekino, Roba Shekel, Lanu Hasi Dinar, Ve'en En Demekan, that's the price of a... Uh, a pair of pigeons. Shagir Ger is Like it says, When the Jewish people entered the covenant with God, obviously they had Mila, they had Tevila, and Hartsa'at Damim. What's Hartsa'at Damim? Hazza'at Damim, they had to be sprinkled by the blood. 
ויקר משה את הדם ויזרוק, ואין הזעה בלא טבילה. ובהרצאת דמים דכתיב עצי אדם זרק על המזבח, אף הם לא יכנסו אליו במילה וטבילה והרצאת דמים. So that's where we learned it from. And therefore, they bring עולת העוף. And uh, they bring a רובה על הקינו שמא יבנה בית המקדש, בימינו ויקריבנו. And then the direct slashy says, בתקלה, תלמטל את הנויה מיניה. He might come to benefit from it, which is a problem. Now, what is the ninth מצווה רבותיי? The Gemara says, ואידך, number nine, פילוגתא דרב פפא ורב נחמן בר יצחק. רב פפא אמר כרם רבעי, one rabbi says it has to be referring to the כרם רבעי, the fourth year of the vine, רב נחמן בר יצחק אמר לשון של זהורית. It had to do with the crimson string regarding the שעיר לעזאזל. Let's go one at a time. רב פפא אמר Kerem Rebai. What does it mean, Kerem Rebai? The Tat now, we have a Mishnah in Masih Shani, chapter 5. Kerem Rebai, these are the graves that grew in the fourth year from the planting of the vine. Yaya Oleh Yerushalayim, Mahalach Yom Lechol Tzad, which means if they're found within walking distance of one day to Yerushalayim, you must bring them up to Yerushalayim and you cannot make Pidyon. Masih Shani, normally you can make a Pidyon. Put it on money and bring the money up. But the Gemara says, Mishnah says, that if you're close enough where you're just one day away from Yerushalayim, you can't make a pidyon. You actually have to bring the Kerem Reba'i up to Yerushalayim. Vizui Tehuma, and now the Gemara gives us the borders. Elat mena darom, akrabat mena safon, lod mena ma'arab, yarden mena mizrah. That's the borders where you have to bring it up. The Amar Ula, Beti Marabah Bar Ula, Amar Yohanan, Matam. What is the reason why the rabbis made this takana that you cannot make pidyon? That you have to bring it up. Technically, from the Torah law, you can make pidyon on Kerem Reba'i. So it says, Kedel La'ater Shukei Yerushalayim Baperot. In order to adorn the markets of Yerushalayim with perot. Rashi, Says, "Haya olei Yerushalayim aperot atzman." They have to bring the fruits up themselves. The bottom, after God the Torah, ben maaseh sheni, ben and ken nevayin neftim. You can make pidyon on it and just bring the coins up. Umetchalim bevsiah achat chutz tachoma rabbanan gazud bechol malak shel yom echad shialum yochlum sham. Why? Kedel leater shukei Yerushalayim in order that there be fruits in Yerushalayim. And that's the adorning of the city. Now, what does that mean? How, by bringing fruits to Yerushalayim, will there be fruits in the market? Because there'll be a surplus of fruits, because people are not going to have to buy fruits in the market, because everybody's bringing fruits up because of Kedem Rebai. So there'll be a surplus in the market. Understand what it's saying? Because everybody's bringing their fruits up, they're not going to have to buy fruits. So then when you walk into the fruit stores of Jerusalem, you're going to see Baruch Hashem, a lot of product. But if you're going to tell everybody that why you can bring your money up, so there's going to be a shortage of fruits in Yerushalayim. So that's one uh, way of understanding it. Yeah. And some say that the people that bring up the perot of Levi'at Yerushalayim, uh, they'll sell the leftovers to the, to the shopkeepers. 
they could sell it. So they could, they'll sell it in Jerusalem. So the shops will have extra, you know, uh, excess fruit from these people. All right, Rabotai, Betanya, Kerem Rebai Hayalo Lerebi Eliezer, Bemizrah Lod. So it was Kerem Rebai, Rebi Eliezer had it. It was the east of Lod, Besat Kepar Tobi. Okay, between Lod and Yerushalayim. It was actually within one day's walking distance. Ubikesh to be the Ezel Lafkiro Lanim. And he wanted to make it if care that what let the Aniim take it to Jerusalem and then over here. It was a Torah for him to actually bring the fruit, so he just wanted to make it if care, let the Aniim take it. Amrul Tamidab, Rabbi Kibar Nimnu Haverecha Alecha. They already voted regarding this. Vetiruhu. And there was uh, enough uh, opinions over here to be matir, to make pinyon. So you don't have to worry. He thought that the Takara was still around. You got to bring the uh, fruits up to Jerusalem. It's too much for me. So he made it a let Aniim do it. But the, his friends told him, no, Rabbi, don't worry about it. The students told him they already voted against it. Majority said, you can make a pinyon, and therefore, it's not a tirha. You can bring the, the money up. So that you don't have to be mafia the perot. I guess now that Jerusalem was destroyed, mm-hmm. there was no need to keep the city beautiful. The city already was destroyed anyway. Man haberecha, that says, who is your friend that undid this takana? Rabban, Yohanan, Ben Zakan, Betino. They made it. That's the ninth takana. That you do not have to bring up Kedem Rebai anymore to Yerushalayim, even if you're within one day's uh, distance. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the Gemara continues. Rab Nachman, Bar Yitzchak Amar, Lashon Shel Zehurit. That the ninth takana of Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai had to do with the red, crimson string. What is that? The Tanya. When they used to take the Sa'ir of Azazel, Barishonan, the early times, Hayu Koshtin Lashon Shil Zehurit. They used to take a you know, red string and they would put it al petach ulam bahuts. They would put it on the uh, door of the Beta Mikdash of the ulam outside so everybody could see it. And they would throw the. Uh, you know, the Sa'id off the cliff. He'll be, if it turned white, he was Simehena, but he was happy. Miracle, they knew that they, their sins were erased. Lo, he'll be, if it stayed red. You They were depressed because they knew they didn't get kapara. The rabbis didn't like that. Put it on the inside of the door. They don't want everybody to see it. But people were peeking. You know, you look out and you see. Veroin, they can see what happened. He'll be na yusemehin. Lo, he'll be na yuatsemin. So they were depressed. Hitkin, yukoshino toch and shio basela. So they would take half the string and tie it to the rock that was by the cliff. Veetshio ben kanav, shusere mishtale, and half on the actual saida mishtaleya. They wouldn't put in the bed of Magdash at all. That was a takanav, Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai. That was a ten takanav. Now the question over here is what's the problem? Let them see that it turned red. And stayed red and let them uh, make teshuvah. And the answer the Mephanashim say, it's not Kedai to get depressed even for a second. If the rabbis were so nervous that somebody should be sad. So you see over here, they went to this great extreme to make takana against depression. They didn't want people to see a red string and get sad. That's unbelievable. The made takanot. <clears throat> even though this depression you might say is justified, it's a t- depression because you're making sins. Mm-hmm. No, there's no excuse. The inyan to be b'simha 
overrides even that incredible Musar. Now, we learned that regarding the ninth Takana, we have a ma'loket between the two rabbis. One rabbi said it's Kerem Rebai, and one rabbi said it's the crimson, the Lashon Chazori. Now, why are they arguing? Why does Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak that learns it's Lashon Chazori not agree with the other Takana of the Kerem Rebai that you have to, that you can bring it up to the money to Yerushalayim? That said what? That he was mevatel, this takana, you have to bring up the fruit, and he allowed you to bring up the money. Oh, how did the Gemara say above, your friends already mevatel it? Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai was not the friend of Rabbi the Ezer. Rabbi Haba. Rabban Yohanan ben Zakai was his rabbi, his rabbi. So how could the Gemara say above? Oh, when they told him to be the Aizid, your friend already was mevatel. Uh, that's cannot be Rabban Yohanan ben Zakai. He was not his friend. Oh, so what is uh, what is the other? What is Rabba Papa going to say for this? Idah keman de talmidim avu lab orah haral memra le lerabe rabbecha, which means. Uh, since they were talking with Rabbi Li'ezer, who was talking with Rabbi Li'ezer? Students. So therefore, it's not respectful for the students to tell their rabbi, your rabbi said. As if you're calling rank that your rabbi has a rabbi, you're a student and a rabbi. So therefore, out of respect, they said, but we, we know that Rabbi was the rabbi, but it's not respectful for the students to say to, the, to their rabbi, your rabbi said. Look how careful they were with the derech eretz. Even though indeed it was the rabbi, there's no question about that. Okay, Rabbotai, the rapapa maitamalu amakrab dahman baritzak. Why did the papa agree with the takana that Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai, that he was the one that made the takana for the crimson, for the lashon chazeuri? Why didn't he list that one? Amalecha. He said, excuse me, I don't know what you're talking about. In the, by the time that Muhammad Zakai was around, that miracle wasn't happening anymore, that the Lashon Zahurit was turning white. It stopped. We learned in the Braitha. First of all, Rabban Yohanan ben Zakai lived the perfect life. 120 years. First 40 years, he was involved in business. The next 40 years, he learned Torah. The last 40 years, he taught. And then that's when he made his takanot. So his takanot were actually in the last 40 years of his life. 40 years before the bayit was destroyed. It was, it just stayed red. So there was no inyan of turning white or red. And it says that once the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, So what do you see? That Rabban Yohanan ben Zakai lived after the Hurban. So if he lived after the Hurban, so therefore his leadership that was for 40 years, started within the 40, last 40 years of the Beit HaMikdash. 
And because we know he lived after the Beit HaMikdash. So therefore, his last 40 years of leadership, when he made his Tekanot, was during the last 40 years of the Beit HaMikdash. And we know there was no, there was no white, uh, didn't turn white. So there was no need over here to make this Takana. What was the old Takana? Sometimes it would turn white. Sometimes it would turn red. When it turned white, they were happy. When it turned red, they were depressed. It wasn't turning white, white anymore. So how could you say it was about Yohanan ben Zakai? That's the reason why he didn't... Uh, if you look at that she on the bottom, all that's showing you that Yohanan ben Zakai made Takanot after the Beit HaMikdash as well. Tekanot alman lehara hurbanaya shana o shtatayim. He must have lived after the Beit HaMikdash, even a year or two. But that shows us what? That he was within the last 40 years of the Beit HaMikdash. Mechivan da arbaim shara kodem hurban lo hilbina lashom yom kippurim. It says shilo hilbina betok shilo tabahalonim. The last years of Rabbi Yohanan's life, when he was a leader, it was not changing. Shilimed behem laacherim betikeren tekanot, when he was making tekanot. So the Gebara says, ve'idach, what is Rabbi Nachman going to say? Otam arba'im shanat delamad talmid yoshev defner abo haba. Which is he even made takanot during the 40 years that he learned. Not only the last 40 years that he uh, uh, taught. Now, because he was considered a talmid that was sitting in front of his rabbi. Ve'amar milta. So he would give ideas. Ve'istibar ta'meh. And his rabbi would accept it. And therefore, based on Nabi Yohanan's idea... His rabbi would make the takana. So they called it Hitkin Nabban Yohanan. Even though it actually wasn't Nabban Yohanan, he gave the idea to his rabbi, and his rabbi instituted it. But his rabbi was humble and said, We're going to call the takana on your name. So that's why it's Taktesha Takanon. It's, it's a takana of Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai when he was still learning. And his rabbi was able to make the takana because he was the leader. However, they called it on his name nonetheless. Baruch Adonai,